You're listening to Talk Jive Radio. I'm Kelly, and I have a special guest on the phone with me from a very super secret remote location. It's Miss Lorinda Morgan, and uh, you may know her as the fabulous person who uh, worked to get Ida's Law into the spotlight. Lorinda, thank you so much for calling in today. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you for having me. So let's talk about Ida's Law and what progress it's made since the rally at the Capitol. Okay, since the um, rally at the Capitol, which was actually Shine Rapahoe Legislative Lobby Day, um, the bill had passed through the Judiciary Committee, through, through the Oklahoma House of Representatives. It went to the House floor and it passed there. And then it has moved on to the Senate. So um, at the time before the um, coronavirus had, you know, shut down everything and put everything at a standstill, the bill was in the Senate and it was waiting to be um, heard in the Public Safety Committee hearing. So um, at this point right now, um, it's just, we're, everything's on hold, even there at the Capitol with some of the committee meetings. Um, I have been checking and the last, um, hearing that I checked on, it had been canceled. So I'm staying in contact with the senators who are sponsoring it. And that would be, um, Senator Paul Rosino, but he had unfortunately, um, contracted the coronavirus and oh, was no. out for a while. Yes. So, but he is, he is well now he's recovered and he's, um, I believe he's going to be getting back to work soon. So let's talk about that. I mean, the CNAs really, um, y'all were one of the ones that, that responded fast. So how, how is everything faring there in CNA country? As far as with the coronavirus, um, uh, as of today, we have not heard of any tribal members with uh, positive, you know, um, coronavirus, I guess, infection. Um, as far as the tribal leadership, it was decided that it would be best to close down the Lucky Star casinos as well as uh, tribal government and only have the essential employees um, come in for a few hours a week. Uh, and that's to provide services for crisis, such as, you know, social services and those essential, um, you know, services, frontline services that need to continue on. For the rest of us that work, like in the tribal executive branch, we're teleworking, we're working from home. So doing what you can re remotely, as they say. Yes, remotely. There's a lot of uh, conference calls, a lot of texts, a lot of emails, phone calls. Um, but yeah, we uh, met Monday. Um, there were a few of the legislators who actually did go into Concho, and then there were mostly they, we were encouraged to call in. So we had a conference call. We did meetings over the phone on Monday, and throughout the week we keep in contact, and we'll be having another meeting Friday. So let's talk a little bit about um, the MMIW. Let's shift back to that a little bit. And let's talk about how 
we continue to bring awareness to that because, I mean, man, it just seems like there would be a large increase with the reduction of emergency services and the priorities that have had to shift out of necessity. Yes. So, so how yes. are we, how can we continue to keep, not only keep this, this message and keep these, um, missing and murdered people, um, to the, to the public consciousness, but also, um, protect ourselves and protect our, our young people and, and the people who are at risk, uh, to go missing. I believe one of the things that is most important is education. And that was something that I have spoke about many times um, when I was asked to come and talk about the missing and murdered indigenous people was educating your children, um, educating them as far as it goes way back to even when I was in elementary school, you know, we had uh, those school assemblies with that taught us about stranger danger. And I think it, that message needs to continue to be taught to the children at an early age, especially now with um, the children, you know, being interactive with social media. There's also that factor about online predators. So we need to teach our children and, and also continue to remind our young people as well as adult women and men that, you know, to be careful. I know even, you know, some of our moms and grandmas are now getting on Facebook, they're getting on Snapchat, they're getting on, you know, all these social media outlets and they're learning and they're, you know, they're getting messages on Messenger and they're meeting their old friends, but they're also meeting new people that they don't know. And we also hear stories in the news about, Elderly people getting scammed, you know, on emails, on Facebook, on Messenger. So those are things that I think the message that we need to continuously remind our people to be aware and and for, I guess, you know, you check on your children, check on your parents, check even on your grandmas and grandpas and see what they're doing online if they have a Facebook account. And, and see who they're talking to, you know. So I think that's something that's really important and an important message that we need to continue. I think that's that's really important as well as to remember, you know, we've got a lot of domestic violence and elder abuse in yes. Indian country. And yes. it's it's really scary to me to think about the number of people who are in that situation right now and who might leave home and inadvertently fall into that, that missing and and murdered category. Are there, do you know of any kind of services or, or anything like that for, for women during this time? Um, The services that I'm aware of um, primarily come out of the domestic violence programs as well as um, you know, the social service programs at each of the tribes, they, they have those um, um, domestic violence advocates as well as caseworkers. And one of the things that um, you touched on was elder abuse. And many times our elders, you know, they, they may not be getting physically abused, 
but sometimes I've, I've seen it a lot because I was a former social worker. I've been a caseworker. I've been a social service executive director. And one of the biggest things that I seen um, was financial abuse because a lot of our elders, you know, get IIM money, individual Indian monies, and they get those, sometimes they get those large checks and, and those type of things unfortunately happen as well. Not, not only physical, mental, emotional, but financial abuse also happens. So we need to make sure that, you know, um, our tribal members in the country is aware to check on, you know, check on your elders, not only their physical being, their spiritual, mental, emotional, but their finances. So and what are what would be some of those signs like just readily apparent signs like starvation i mean you you can kind of start yes. telling start to see when someone starts to drop weight significantly yes. well and, i guess you don't the, unless you see them all the time some of the some of the like an example of you know and it falls it goes right along with adult protective services you know um <clears throat> A lot of times the concern comes from maybe um, a doctor or caregiver um, about, you know, the elders or, or their fam their other family members. Um, you know, if an elder is known, it's known that they have, you know, Social Security, they have, they have these incomes that come in, maybe they're IIM, but yet, you know, they're not making it to their doctor's appointments. They are sickly their utilities have gotten turned off they don't have food okay then the next question is where is their money going you know who has access to their financial accounts who you know who frequents their homes as far as family members or friends or you know spouses what 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 whatever it is um there, there are signs, and, and those are things that I think the public needs to look at as not only um, for 18 through 54 um, years of age and people, you know, just like you would check on anybody, you, especially with our elders, um, you have to look for those type of signs because we know as Indian people that our elders are not going to, many times they're not going to speak up, you know, they're going to give all the give all their money to their grandkids give their money away and, and they're they're going to sacrifice themselves um for others you know and and sometimes we need to look at that and make sure that they are being taken care of as well you know as, as they love to take care of everyone else but they're they're not going to um outwardly tell somebody hey you know like my family members took my money or they need, you know, a lot of times um, I think that along with um, emotional abuse, you know, um, mental abuse comes that financial abuse of, and, and just like with domestic violence, um, elders can get abused, can get gaslighted and guilt tripped into giving their, maybe their bank card over or, turning over their funds. So we Let's definitely need to check on the elders. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's just great advice anyway. Um, let's talk about just on a personal level, let's talk about the quarantine and recovery. 
because we are going to eventually come out of this. What do you yes. see as this, our path to recovery? Because some people started to stay home very early and they're getting into their third week of it. And some right. people haven't done it at all. Right. I think um, for me, uh, my idea, um, like us, for for me personally, we are to be teleworking and staying at home until April 20th at the Shiner Apo tribes. And so, um, and like for my husband, you know, he, he's in the oil industry. He's, um, uh, and he's been working every day, you know? So, um, I think it's, it's just varies from person to person. But one of the things that I, I see is, during this time is, um, I think people are going to be more aware of, um, probably the, the basics of, and, and the message that is sent is, has been sent out from medical professionals is wash your hands, be sanitary, you know, all, all these things that, that, um, I believe that are just basic life essentials, you know, and many of us already do that. And I think that right now, one of the things I do see, especially in our Indian culture is, you know, with, with people in my tribe, being social is a really part of our culture. It's really important to make that connection. Whenever you see someone in your tribe, and I know you know this as well, you go up, you give them a handshake. It's a sign of respect. It's a sign of acknowledgement, you know. Um, and a lot of times that comes a hug, you know, um, and you communicate and talk with people. And I think it's been really hard on the Native community because we don't have that, that um, I guess, social part. I know, um, especially with our powwows, you know, being canceled, that has really affected a lot of, um, of our native people because they can't go and they can't, that's something that I think that we have that's different from other cultures and, and that aspect of just being close to one another and socializing, shaking hands, hugging, talking to one another. And now we're having to distance from one another, even, at work at the tribal complex, you know, and, and it's hard because people still, especially the, the older generation, they still want to shake hands. They still want to have that contact. And it's, it, it, it's really hard to just, you know, look at them and be like, no, you know, like social distancing. I haven't been able to do it. I haven't been able to tell somebody, well, I can't, you know what I mean? Like, can't go to, can't go to lunch with you. Can't shake your hand when we were still working. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's it's like you <laughs> I don't think elder I, I, it's not that they don't understand social distancing. I, I it's just it's a different time. Yeah, it, it, it's yes. a it's a it's just it's really different. And, and you're not going to tell them any different. Mm -hmm. And to mm -hmm. yes, I, I completely understand 
that dilemma. And it's like, I want to, I want to talk to you, but I know that you can't hear me from six feet away. Oh, right, right. But if I get close to to you, you're going to want to hug me or shake my hand. And I don't, I don't want to bring anything. I don't want to bring a plague on your house, you know? Yeah. You don't want to bring a plague on them and you don't want them to, you know, like if you're a carrier of anything, but, but a lot of times, you know, they might take it in a negative way. Like, you know, it might give them a bad feeling like you don't want to be around them or talk to them or, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. So I, I think it's been, um, uh, I'm glad that the news and the newspapers, social media have all put it out there about social distancing. Um, I think that it's really important. I know, um, say like my sister, she worked at Lucky Star Casino. She's a ca- she's a cashier. And before they closed down, you know, um, they were really, she said the security, the, all the workers looked out for each other. They said, if anybody coughed, you know, they would report them, Hey, they're coughing, you know, <laughs> and they did a lot of, you know, make sure that the patrons used hand sanitizer, you know, and make sure that, you know, they had people work in the bathrooms, making sure that everyone washed their hands. I mean, it, it, it was just, you know, my sister said, if anybody, some of the, even some of the workers were like, oh, you know, we had to tell somebody to leave that coughed on, he might've coughed on me, like spray me with Lysol, you know, she was like, <laughs> we were, get, we were getting crazy, you know, so they were kind of relieved that they were able to stay home at this time. So, but I think that once, um, I think once it's time to uh, get back to work and get back out there, I think people are going to be more um, uh, aware and conscientious of their surroundings and of, and maybe take their illnesses and their sicknesses more seriously and, and stay home so they will not like pass along these colds and viruses to others. I think that's so important, especially in the face that our state responded so much slower than a lot Mm -hmm. of the other states i mean us and of course texas um didn't didn't respond as fast and we still don't really have an an order on the state level but the our mayors and our our local governments are the ones that are having to respond to this right right and i'm here in oklahoma city where our mayor um he declared a state of emergency um first you know and i think that was important um and and then from there you know um other cities and towns followed suit but i think that one of the important things for our tribes is that our tribal leaders have done so well for our people they declared their state of emergencies they looked at what was best for, you know, the tribal members and the tribes, and they encouraged everyone to stay at home to, you know, they, um, many of the tribes have provided paid leave for the employees and the casino workers. And I think that is a very generous. And I think also it shows that, um, you know, they care about their tribes, they care about their people. And I'm, you know, just so proud uh, to see all these tribal leaders stepping up and and doing those type of things for for our Indian people. I think it's a fantastic and and we see that we see that, you know, our natives and especially even when our governments aren't aren't able 
to mobilize as fast because, you know, you and I have both worked for tribal governments and we know that sometimes you just can't get it done immediately. Right. Right. And one of the things that, you know, like I said, our tribe has done is we've helped um, the legislators have done care packages for tribal members in their district. Um, Our governor and legislature passed a $1 million COVID, um, you know, um, passed out of the budget into a COVID crisis to use for the crisis, you know. Um, and that, that varies, you know, to help, uh, continue like where, wherever it's needed. And so they allocated that money for the crisis. And so even now, you know, from day to day, we have meetings and we talk about it in our tribal governor and our, our Lieutenant governor and our executive leadership, you know, they're very concerned about this pandemic and they're concerned about, Uh, our tribal members, especially our elders. And so I'm really, you know, just proud that uh, not only our tribe, but other tribal leaders are um, even moving faster than some of the state leaders, you know, they have to have stepped up and done what they needed to do for the people. And, you know, that they didn't wait on anybody else. They sure didn't wait on the state governor, you know, before they took action. Right. So that makes well, me feel good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as as we tribes in Oklahoma know, we can't really we can't wait for the state. That's why we have no, to mobilize we because we mm-hmm. history we already know we have to do it right. for ourselves and just hope and pray that we can we can get that aid later. Right. Right. And that's something you know, like um, today there's um, a conference call from HHS um, about the CARES Act and that, you know, that's for all tribal leaders, it's a tribal consultation conference call and that's something that um, I'm sure most of the tribe, tribal government, tribal leaders will be on to learn about um, that tribal stimulus um, bill and, you know, they're, they're, they're working on it and then that CARES Act and, and how it can be utilized um, for, for the tribes, you know, so that's, there's, there's a lot of information coming out to the tribes from the federal government. And so, you know, I'm, I'm glad that these, these monies are being set aside specifically for tribes, you know, um, because I think it's, it's needed. I I think it's absolutely important, too, because it's just, man, (laughs) we're we're in a really precarious time right now, not only just as as a human community, but as tribal members, we we still feel that responsibility to make sure that that those around us are, are taken care of in the best way. And that doesn't mean that they're tribal members. That just means our communities. Right. Right. Our communities. And I think that. um you know, I'm glad to see that so many people, you know, in the news, you watch it in the news every day and the in the newspapers, you see it on social media that people are actually looking out for one another. You know, they're they're checking on their neighbors, they're checking on the people they know. And I feel like at some point, you know, I always felt like nobody else was like how we are as tribes and as tribal people 
you know, when we have such a strong sense of community and we're very clannish people, you know, that we stick together, we look out for one another, we, um, you know, and, and I felt like the rest of the world was just all out for, you know, themselves, like, because even when I attended college at OU, um, even in one of my classes, you know, there were different people from different nationalities that would say, you know, um, the tribes, you know, they, they don't, they stick to their cells. They don't, they don't interact with, you know, other communities because we would, we would be talking about racism and, and, you know, uh, all these other topics, assimilation, colonization, and all these things, and they were like, and then stick to themselves. And I think, you know, for the most part, it is really true because of our culture and our, you know, those those of us that are uh, cultural and, you know, that that have grown up um, in our tribal communities. It's hard to get away. It's hard to, I guess, you don't want to go away from your tribal community. You know, you want to you know, stay connected to your people and your tribe. So I think that's something that um, I feel like we have a really strong, like you said, sense of community and connection. Even, even, even though like in our tribes and all of our tribes, we have, we always have political discourse, you know, where you have these factions and these different ones that are political oppositions but in but in reality you know you know that that's just um politics but you know that you are still connected as you know you're still a tribe you're still together and i i'm glad to see that outside of our tribes i'm glad to see it in communities like you know it's just for example you know oklahoma city community in a darker community el reno community you know, the, in, in the Cherokee uh, community up in Tahlequah, you know, you just see all these communities that are like coming together and, and a lot, a lot of these um, other types of organizations um, that are banding together to help other people. And I'm really happy to see those type of things. I've taken notice of it during this time. And it's just like some of those things that have divided people have kind of fallen to the wayside. I really hope so. I, 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 and we, we, we are seeing it. It's more of this human connection now than it was before. And I, and I, I, of all the things that we can take after this, I really hope that's one of the things that, that we continue to do. Yes, I think so. I, I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful too, but I'm an optimist, you know, and that's one of the things that I, and maybe there are still some of those, you know, divides out there that are going on at this time. But I mean, I just, being an optimist, I don't really look for those things. I notice them, but I try to look for the good in everything, you know, and in people. And, and so I'm really hopeful that you know, this pandemic will help change things for the good, especially, you know, just bring more awareness about, especially one of the things too that I've seen, um, you know, I think I've noticed even my daughter, my husband talked about it was today being April 1st. And he said, my husband told me, he goes, you know, one of the things he goes, I'm surprised to see 
on the news was that they're encouraging people not to go grocery shopping um, unless you absolutely need to, to leave the food and, you know, for the people that are on a wick or on food stamps and to not shop for things that have a wick label because they don't want the wick food to run out, you know, and they want that to be left for the families and the mothers and the children that need it. Absolutely. And, and I'm glad that that yes. actually got out really early. I'm yes, glad I started and, seeing that really early and mm-hmm. to, to leave those because they have certain brands. And yes, so yes. I, and you're right. If we can just all abide by that and do these things as individuals, it'll make a giant collective effort. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because well, even my husband was like, you know, you guys don't need to be going to the store, you know, blah, 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 because all the WIC people are going to need to go and be out there, you know. And we're like, oh, yeah, we're, we're good. But just those type of things that you, I mean, I've never seen people um, care like that. You know what I mean? I haven't seen these type of things put out in the news or in the media or just even that, that type of consideration. I haven't seen it before. We need more. I agree. Well, Lorinda, yes. thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. And um, I hope you're staying at, staying safe there and just being as entertaining as you can with that wonderful little boy <laughs> and the rest of your family. Yes. And uh, Oh, my gosh. Oh, I know. Oh, my gosh. I, I can't wait to see more of his shenanigans, just to let you know. Yes, I know. We're, <laughs> I'm trying to teach him. I'm trying to teach him disco dancing, you know. Like. <laughs> <laughs> it's working. I'm just letting you know it's yes. working. <laughs> yes. But thank you so much. And um, we'll check in with you uh, hope, hopefully here in a couple of weeks. And hopefully we know when we're going to get back to work. Yes. But in the meantime, I'm enjoying watching all the Bigfoot shows like to Bigfoot and Aliens and the Golden Girls. So <laughs> I've <laughs> heard worse lines. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you so much. Jive Talkers, thank you for tuning in. And don't forget, this will be on podcast if you miss it. And that's going to be available wherever you get your podcasts. So make sure you tune us in and you turn us up. We're Indigenous, we're independent, and we are them damn Indians at Talk Jive Radio.